When I hear a man complaining that some cause, which he has at heart, will be put back for years by a speech or a book, I suspect that his attachment to it is a prejudice, that he has no consciousness of standing on a rock. The more discussion, the better, if passion and personality be eschewed, and discussion, even if stormy, often winnows truth from error. A good never to be expected in an uninquiring age. I'm not going to lie, folks. I had to do that one a couple of times to to get through it without uh, stumbling over the words because, uh, you know, we don't really we don't really talk that way anymore. We don't really write. We don't really write that way anymore. But the reason why I pulled out this uh, particular bit here today from William Ellerly Channing uh, is not because he's a a great hero of mine. In fact, uh, we he and I would differ. On a lot of things, actually. But in this case, in this particular case, I do agree with him. And uh, the point that he's making in this letter to Mr. Phillips is, uh, well, he's he's addressing a speech that was made by somebody. Uh, now, I, I don't want to get into the to the, the historical specifics here, but suffice to say, it was the 1800s and people were arguing about various things uh, in the United States and how things ought to be done. And... Um, and so somebody had given a speech, some, uh, you know, some well-known personality had given a, a speech that had gotten the other side of the argument very riled up. And they were just kind of, uh, you know, they were really just incensed that the person even put forth such views as were contrary to what, 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 what they had, you know, the other side believed was kind of already established. And Mr. Channing, in this particular letter, he's not, uh, he doesn't really address the, the issue that's being argued. Uh, his, his point is about the need for discussion, for open exchange of ideas and, and thoughts. Uh, and, he, and he likens it, or he compares it to, uh, you know, uh, when you have, a, when you're in a, in a society that has a dictator, you don't really get to, I mean, you can have, you can have thoughts and you can have discussion, but it doesn't matter because the dictator is going to tell you what's going to happen. But in a free society, we have the benefit of, of, uh, what does he say here? The more discussion, the better. If passion and personality be eschewed, that means if you keep your ego in check. So the more discussion is better. If you keep your ego, if everybody keeps their ego in check and we, and we talk, then even if stormy, the discussion often winnows truth from error uh, a good never to be expected in an uninquiring age. And we don't want to be in an uninquiring age, but I think, I think maybe we are. Because here's what's on my mind. Everybody in the industry today is, uh, is focused on this, uh, this energy predicament that we're in. Everybody's working the problem. Uh, and the predicament isn't, uh, you know, so much the energy itself. It's it's working fine. At least the, what we've been using for the last hundred years is, was working fine. Um, the predicament is what it's doing, you know, to our planet and all that. So we need to find some other. Uh, so we need to. Find, and I I know if it seems like I've been on this a little bit lately, it's because I keep I keep thinking through things. Um, and in fact, uh, just a little a little sidebar here, a little word of advice. Um, that you didn't ask for. If, if, if any of you are considering, you know, Hey, maybe I should have a podcast. I think I'd like to have a podcast. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to probably tell you not to. And here's, and here's why, 
I, it's it's fun. I mean, I love I love I love doing uh, you know uh, this this show and and the other one and other shows that I've done. Uh, I enjoy it. it. It is kind of a fun thing to do. Um, you know, particularly if uh, you know if you're good at talking a lot, uh, which I hope to be someday. And uh, but the, the here's the downside, and you get to meet a lot of interesting people and, and write all that business. Um, and but the downside is, uh, you know, because you're always thinking about what do I want to cover on the next episode? What do I want to talk about on the show? It, it kind of just keeps you thinking all the time about like what's happening in the world. Uh, and you're kind of always, uh, you know, I, I don't just mean like when you're like reading the news and, you know, and you're, and you're scrolling on your Instagram, I mean like, you know, you're kind of thinking, really thinking, okay, well, what does this mean? And, and do I want to talk about that on the show? And how do I cover that? And the more you engage in that type of thought, uh, looking at, you know, like kind of looking at the world and society and, and the more you engage in that kind of, uh, critical thought. Uh, the less things seem to make sense, what's going on, <laughs> and it just and it just becomes more frustrating because you go, wait a second, this doesn't make any sense. And here's something that I think doesn't make any sense uh, in terms of uh, how we are tackling this energy. I'm going to call it a predicament. I'm not going to call it a problem. I'm going to call it a predicament because. Um, and I'm not going to comment today, at least, and, and I'm not going to comment as to exactly how we got ourselves in this predicament, but, but we're in it and everybody's working the problem. Right. Um, but I don't think, but there's this kind of foregone conclusion. And this goes back to Mr. Channing's letter where he is, uh, you know, highlighting the problem with not tolerating any, um, any alternative views, any different perspectives, any, uh, anything, uh, anything in the debate that, uh, isn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't fit the already foregone conclusions. And he's making kind of an academic point that says in a society we we, you know, we benefit by being inclusive, by being diverse in our, uh, views. And of course, we're all very concerned with diversity these days. And uh, in fact, you know, if you scroll through LinkedIn, uh, pretty much uh, every second or third post is going to have something to do either with, uh, you, you know, if, you, if your feed is like mine, mostly uh, oil and gas stuff, every post, you know, every second or third post is something to do with either energy transition or, you know, DE&I. And, &I. and uh, which are great. It's great that, we, that, we, that we're tackling that. But uh, the foregone conclusion... Uh, well, we're very concerned about diversity, I think sometimes, except for when it comes to uh, different ideas and viewpoints and positions uh, with respect to uh, things that are supposedly already a foregone conclusion, and then we don't tolerate it, and we get incensed, uh, even if somebody, if somebody even represents a point of view, uh, we, we, you know, forget about the debate. We're, we're, we're mad at them for even suggesting such a thing. Uh, case in point, Mr. Bjorn Lomborg, Lomborg, Bjorn Lomborg. I'm sure I'm not saying that right, but you know, he's kind of a, a controversial character. And, uh, if you don't know who he is, well, if you do know who he is, then you probably either think that he's a hero or you think that he's the devil. But, um, but, but it's a good point. It's a good, it's a case of, 
uh, he he comes out with these uh, with with you know his view of the statistics and 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 the evidence related to climate and whatever and and he's not one that says that we have no problems. What he usually says is we're solving we've got we're solving the wrong problems, and uh, but people just get mad at him for even suggesting something other than uh, you know kind of the the thing that we all supposedly know without a doubt is true. And here's what it is, um, is that if we're solving this energy predicament that we're in, which is, uh, you know, that, uh, the energy works fine, you know, that we've been using for the last hundred and some odd years, the energy part, it works fine, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's ruining the planet because of the way we get it out of the ground and and because of the way we use it. So that's the problem that we need to solve. Um, and, but there's only one way. The, the foregone conclusion is that the only way to solve that problem is to move away from that energy, that source of energy, and move toward these other nifty things, uh, like wind and solar and other ways of, you know, managing electrons as opposed to, uh, you know, managing uh, molecules as, uh, who, who was it that said that recently? I can't remember if it was the Exxon guy, right? Um, so... So where does that leave us? Okay, here's my point. If the energy that we have works fine, there's plenty of it. It's abundant, it's affordable, it's efficient. Um, And so that part's not broken. Uh, But what is broken is uh, the way we get it out of the ground and the way we use it, you know, it spews a lot of shit in the air and it's bad for the planet. So that's the problem that we need to solve. So why is the only solution to that problem. The only one that anybody's talking about, the only one that is, you know, embedded in the marketing and the messaging of every company that's got anything to do with oil and gas right now. Uh, the only, the only, the only thing in the discussion, the foregone conclusion is that we need to move away from the energy that's been working fine, uh, because of this impact it has. Um, and, and we need to move to other things that we're still trying to figure out that still don't quite work. You know, there's like a lot that, that require, still require a lot of research and a lot of technology and a lot of time and a lot of money. And, uh, and, and it's going to be a long trip, but we're going to get there. And we just hope that we can get there before it's too late and everything all goes to hell. Uh, literally, you know, cause hell is hot, I guess. Um, so here's my question. Well, couldn't, couldn't we just take the thing that already works and just solve the problem that it creates? In other words, couldn't we just make it cleaner to get it out of the ground and cleaner to use it? Now, I know that's radical thinking, but turns out we've been doing that all along. In fact, uh, the, the ingenuity, I mean, because that, that problem has been out there and the ingenuity of the people in the industry has been tackling that problem for some time and has made quite a lot of progress. In fact, um, nowadays, uh, if you ask people who know, <laughs> who know the, the details of, uh, of you know, what, what a typical oil or gas well produces in terms of emissions, uh, they'll tell you that uh, it, it's it's dropped considerably in the last twenty even twenty years. Um, in fact, let me see here. Here's here's an article. Now this is let me get this here. Where is this at? This is uh this is from like five years ago. So this is five years ago. 
when we were in less dire straits than we are today. And uh, let's see here. Uh, this is on a, so a website called Share America, but you can find there's a whole bunch of there's a number of different articles. I just picked this one that, that kind of say the same thing. Uh, this is in 2018. Technology is helping U.S. oil companies extract more oil in an unconventional way, grabbing carbon dioxide that would normally go into the atmosphere and using it to increase oil production. Uh, this approach takes the carbon dioxide and then injects it into underground oil fields, a process called enhanced oil recovery, which we've talked about on the show. Now, the Petronova Project, uh, Texas oil company, there's a Texas oil company called Petronova, this is five years ago, in partnership with uh, this outfit out of Japan, installed post-combustion carbon capture technology that they say will reduce its carbon dioxide emissions. And this is the part I wanted to get to. We, we This is five years later, so we all know about carbon capture. But... Um, this project, now I don't know how it turned out. I, I guess I ought to go do the homework and find out how did it turn out. But they said it was going to reduce carbon dioxide emissions by 90%. 90 freaking percent. And I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's enough. Does that get, does that, does that keep us from destroying the planet? I don't know, but I don't hear anybody talking about it. I don't hear, I don't see this being put forward. Now I do remember back when, when, uh, when all the activists were putting pressure on the big oil companies to, you know, demonstrate their uh, commitment to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, wanted them to divert their R&D dollars and everything. And, uh, you know, and a lot of companies, Shell, BP, some others, mostly the the European companies said, yeah, 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 we're, 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 we're investing all this in offshore wind farms and we're investing in this and the other. And, and Exxon uh, and Chevron both, I think, but certainly Exxon said, well, we're not going to do any of that, but we are going to invest heavily in carbon capture um, because we're a molecule company and that's what we do well. And, uh, but, we can, but we can capture that carbon, that CO2 that we're putting out in, in production and we, can, uh, and, 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 solve, and we solve the problem that way. That was not, so the people, you know, the people who were putting pressure on them, that, that, they didn't get any points for that. There were no gold stars. There were no, uh, you know, no, they didn't get any credit. They're like, no, 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 because carbon capture is not moving us away from oil and gas. Okay, fine. But, but it's solving the problem. So isn't that good? No, no, it's not good. No. And in fact, they were pissed off at ExxonMobil for even suggesting that that might be a worthwhile way to spend their money instead of building offshore wind farms. Now, um, but here's here's this little outfit in in uh, Texas Petronova, and they said, "Hey, we're gonna put this we're gonna put this shit on our <laughs> on our wells, and it's gonna and it's gonna reduce emissions by ninety percent." Now I don't know what, like I said, I don't know if they were successful or not, but there's lots of other projects like this, right? We all now it's five years later, and we got carbon capture technology being rolled out all over the place. The point is, is that it's significant. So maybe it's not the answer, but maybe it is. But I don't hear it's not it's not being put forward. Uh, when you when you scroll through your LinkedIn and you look into and see what everybody's doing to help save the planet, it's all about energy transition. There's nobody. You don't see people saying, "Hey, look what we're doing over here." Uh, we're we're making. You see it a little bit. I'm not. I shouldn't say you don't see it, but it's just it's not part of the message. It's not part of the. Like I said, the foregone conclusion is that uh, that uh, we're we're shifting away from this, and it's going to take a long time, and so we need to be careful that we don't stop producing blah 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 too quickly. But what you don't see is somebody saying, uh, you know, we need to seriously consider maybe this because 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 let me ask you this: what's harder to solve? 
Is it harder to solve the problem of figuring out how to power the world with these new forms of energy that aren't really there yet and still require lots of time and money and technology and are and and we haven't even figured out how to solve the intermittency problem and we're going to have to buy, you know make a shitload of batteries and so now we got to get more lithium and like is that problem easier to solve or is the problem easier to solve to take the thing that already works and just clean it up so that it's not you know because 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 we're kind of already doing that we've been doing that in fact in fact um and now mark lacour said this uh we talked about this a little bit at that little otc episode that we did where we were kicking off the new the the new uh or the transition from (laughs) the the shift from oil and gas tech to uh, oil field ingenuity. And we talked about this thing where he said, you know, he said, um, uh, let me see, here we go. Okay. He said that if you buy a modern car within the last, I don't know, whatever it is, two, three, four, five years, uh, the emissions actually that the car puts out, gasoline powered car, the emissions out the tailpipe are actually less than the brake dust in terms of, uh, you know, what it does to the environment. And uh, um, and I remember when he, and he said that, I was like, are you sure? It's not really true. And so I looked it up. And here is an article uh, from The Guardian. So uh, you can't say that it's some sort of, you know, uh, big oil right wing, you know, propaganda piece. And uh, in the Guardian, this was when? When was this written? Uh, this is uh, this is a year ago, June twenty twenty two. Car tires produce vastly more particle pollution than exhausts. Test show. Uh, now they're they're talking about tires here. I did look up the bit about and brake dust is kind of a big problem. And in fact, the brake dust and the tire particles uh, that problem gets worse when the cars are heavier. And you know what makes cars heavy? batteries make cars really heavy. So I don't know. I don't want to get into that today because I want to focus on ingenuity of the, of of the, of our, uh, of our oil and gas industry. Now, uh, so in this article, they talk about the problem, what comes off of the tires and it pollutes the air and blah, blah, blah. Okay. You can, you can read about that if you like, but now we get to this part. According to, uh, Mr. Nick Molden, Uh, from someplace called Emissions Analytics, which is the leading independent emissions testing company that did uh, the research that's being covered in this article. Here's what Nick Molden says. Tires are rapidly eclipsing the tailpipe as a major source of emissions from vehicles. Okay. And then he says, tailpipes, tailpipes now are so clean for pollutants that if you were starting out afresh, you wouldn't even bother regulating them. So, it sounds like we've solved that problem. I mean, you know, I, this is just one guy, uh, but but he does work for the leading independent emissions testing company that did the research. So he's not just some like schmuck with a podcast. And and this guy says, you know, the tailpipes these days, what's coming out of there? Kind of like Mark Lacour said, it's so little that if you were started if we if we started out this way we just wouldn't even bother regulating it all that regulation about what comes out of your tailpipe you got to have a catalytic converter and blah 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 like we wouldn't even have all those regulations it's so clean now so all right let's review uh, so the problem with oil and gas being the the major source of energy is that it's ruining the planet okay how's it ruining the planet well when we get it out of ground and when we use it mostly in cars, 
combustion. All right, so let's see if let's see if the smart people of the oil and gas industry uh, can solve those problems. Now, in the second case, it, maybe it's maybe it's more the the automobile industry, but nonetheless, smart people are on the job, folks. And what we really need to fix is when we get it out of the ground, um, we need to not, you know, spew all that shit in the air. Okay, well, we've, well, we've developed carbon capture technology. And granted, maybe it's not being used on every single oil well and every single, single gas well in the world. But if we're just talking about th- theoretical ways to solve the problem, then sounds like we got something for that maybe. Like, maybe it's not all the way there, but again, which problem is harder to solve? Where is our energy better spent? Closing the gap? You know, if I say you got this much time, you got this much money, before everything goes, how do you want to spend it? Do you want to close the gap on some really good work that's already been done in terms of getting the, uh, getting the production uh, and, and all the other, and the rest of the, right. And the, and the, and the, and we haven't even gotten into transportation and, and refining everything, but you get my point over here. We've done things to make it cleaner. Um, so, and then, and then we got the combustion problem, but Hmm, tailpipes are pretty clean these days. So it sounds like if we're not there, we're pretty close on that one. So if it's your time and your money and, uh, you're counting down to, you know, the last day that we're going to be able to, you know, live happily on earth. How do you want to spend it? Do you want to spend it uh, over here, closing the gap on things, on, on the smart work that's already been done, which sounds like we're actually kind of close if we're not there already. Um, or do you want to spend it trying to like solve myriad problems uh, and challenges that we still haven't figured out? quite how to deal with yet uh, in terms of, you know, producing electrons and routing them all around the world. Um, I'm not saying we can't get there on that one. We probably can. But which one seems harder to solve? Now, I, you know, I'm not an engineer and I'm not a scientist, so I don't really know. I'm just looking at this anecdotally. But the thing is, how come, how come it's not being presented or held up. I know it's being, I know it's being done and, and it's not, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying there's no visibility to the work that's going into cleaning up, uh, oil and gas production and, and, and the way it gets used, uh, in, in cars and whatnot. What I'm saying is how come that's not being held up as a possible, a viable way to get us where we need to be uh, and, and to solve the problem of, uh, not, uh, you know, destroying the planet. Like it's only viewed, that approach is only viewed as, um, is just something that is sort of like a moral imperative. Like if we, if we're going to have this nasty oil and gas business, then the least thing that the evil empire can do is try to clean up their mess while we're busy over here trying to come up with the way that we're really going to save the planet. But, but, but in fact, if the problem is being solved (laughs) in, in the world of oil and gas, uh, then maybe like both, both approaches need to be evaluated against each other as which, which way gets us there better, faster, cheaper. 
Now, you and I both know that's not going to happen. At least not. It doesn't seem like it anyway to me. I mean, can you can you imagine? Can you imagine if you went out to the next uh, whatever the next, you know, energy transition conference or event or whatever it is, right? Sustainability. And, and can you imagine if you went out there in the middle of the year or you got up on the stage and you said, um, uh, everyone, everyone, I. I have I have an idea here. Uh, it seems like uh, maybe the oil and gas folks are, are are just about there on this clean energy bit. And uh, uh, you know, I know there's really only a you know theoretically a fixed amount of it on, on the earth, but it sure seems like there's a lot of it to keep us going for a pretty long. We keep finding more, and it seems pretty clean now. So maybe. You know, fellas, I was thinking maybe we don't have to do all this other stuff that we're doing for to try to make energy. Could you, Matt? Could you? <laughs> you would be run out on a rail. Now, you wouldn't be run out on a rail uh, because after a vigorous debate of the facts and the details, you would have been found, your argument would have been found to be inadequate. You would be run out on a rail because you even suggested that we don't have to move, that maybe we, maybe there's a different way. Maybe we could do, do something different from what is already the foregone conclusion. And this goes back to my point about uh, diversity of thoughts and ideas. If you, I would bet, I would bet that there's probably some people who are going to listen to this and they're going to go, I can't believe he's even suggesting this. I can't believe he's even saying that maybe transitioning away. I mean, and, and, and I'm talking about people who are in the oil and gas industry, but they're, but, but everybody's completely bought into the idea that the only way to do it is to get away from it. And all I'm, all I'm proposing is you know, we got a real, there's been a lot of really smart people in this industry. Um, we talk, we tell the stories, you know, we, we've told a lot of historical stories already on the show and, you know, they've solved like crazy ass problems and, and they're motivated and, and they're creative. So if, if we're, if we're even reasonably close if we're even reasonably close with the technology that we've created in terms of carbon capture, in terms of cleaning up the tailpipe and, and, um, you know, Oh, by the way, something I else I didn't, uh, I didn't even get into is, you know, one way to reduce, I think I've, I've mentioned this before in another context, but one way to reduce the amount of uh, shit that you're putting in the atmosphere by drilling oil wells is to drill fewer wells. Well, <laughs> well, wells, um, uh, one way to do to drill fewer wells is to get more out of the wells that you've already drilled. And that's where that article I was looking at before mentioned um, uh, enhanced oil recovery. But but this is another thing, right? Over the last 20 years, even when it comes to uh, the unconventionals, the shale plays, which which 30 or 40 years ago, we didn't even know how to economically produce. And now we can. But when we first started economically producing them, we didn't get much out of them because it was too hard and we didn't have the, the know-how and the technology. So we just drilled a, we just drilled a million wells and, and, and just kept, you know, just took whatever we could. And then we said, Hey, we invented some stuff. <laughs> we found ways, you know, if we, if we do this differently, if we do that differently, if we put, you know, we, we, we came up with the artificial lift and then we came up with the OR and, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to, I don't want to run too long in this one, but, but, you know, we could do an episode on all of those about like how much like smart thinking 
and the engineering and the science that went into all those things. And now we can get, uh, we can get much more out of the wells that we've already drilled. So that also has like a net. So, so we're reducing the amount of emissions that any given well puts out and we're reducing the number of wells we have to drill so that, you know, in the aggregate reduces the amount of emissions and we're cleaning up the tailpipes. So what am I missing? Why don't we just like throw everything behind that and like get it done over there and then everybody will be happy except they won't because because that is not uh because we're not open to that idea we're not and at least it seems like to me um and this is where i say this is what made me think of that bit from um william everly channing and uh and some things actually that bjorn lomborg said recently uh in fact um that was why he was on my mind because i read something and like i said he you know you you can you can agree with him or disagree with him, but right here on his most recent LinkedIn post, he says, The meaningful exchange of truly diverse ideas and perspectives has withered over recent decades. I think he's right about that. I think that uh, somehow or another, we've put forward, you know, we've, we've all gone down to this one idea, which is that we have to transition away. And the only thing we're arguing about is how fast do we have to do it and how hard is it going to be and when's everybody really trying or not. But what's not in the public discussion, at least not in any highly visible way that would, you know, lend any serious consideration, uh, what's not there is, you know, Maybe we don't even have to transition uh, or transition as much. Maybe the people in the oil and gas industry that have been working this problem for a while because we were already putting this pressure on, you know, with the environmental stuff and they've already made so much progress in cleaning things up. Maybe they can just get, maybe we just get that over the finish line. Now, I don't know. Maybe we're not as close to the finish line in the oil and gas world as, as I think we are, as it feels like. And maybe there is still uh, w way more time and money and whatnot that would have to be spent. And maybe uh, the other side with the wind and the solar and the batteries and all of that, maybe, maybe it's closer uh, than I think it is. And maybe it can get there uh, faster than I think it can. But if this were a horse race and I were betting my own money... I know what horse I'm betting on. <laughs>